What is up, everybody? JT Sports here. Back at you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, we're here with my Texas football 2022 team preview and prediction. We're going to be looking at the Texas Longhorns football program. We're going to be talking about the offensive side of the football, the defensive side, what I expect from Steve Sarkeesian in year two with the program, and my overall record prediction for the Longhorns for the upcoming college football season. Now, if this is your first time listening to the JT Sports Podcast, welcome. I appreciate you for listening in. Make sure that you follow me on all of my social media platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Sports underscore underscore and on Instagram at JT Sports underscore. And lastly, if you haven't already, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports. Last season, 2021, was the start of the Steve Sarkeesian era in Texas, and it got off to a pretty rocky start. They finished with a 5-7 and seven record. They didn't make it to a bowl game. And you look at Texas heading into this season, there is a lot of optimism around this program, and as there should be, you got... Quinn Ewers from the transfer portal, formerly was at Ohio State. You got wide receiver Ajay Hall, Isaiah Nayer from Wyoming. Texas had a really good offseason. You also had a really fantastic recruiting class. ESPN said that you had the best offensive line class out of any other college football program. So this is a program that definitely, I think, is on the rise. And as a Miami Hurricane fan, I want to see Texas have success this year because it hurts me when I see Texas fans having high expectations for the program and then the season starts and they don't live up to those expectations. As a Miami Hurricane fan, I know that feeling all too well. I've been saying that the Hurricanes are going to win the ACC since I was a freshman in high school. Do you know what I am now? I'm a junior in college. And Miami still hasn't won the ACC. And I'm only 20 years old. And I've only been watching college football for about 10 years. So I haven't really seen Miami in recent memory win any championship. 2002, can't really remember that because I was just born. So I don't really remember the Canes of the past. I have to go back and watch documentaries, E60s, and replays. So... Trust me when I understand how you Texas fans are feeling, and I'm rooting for you guys to have success. You look at Steve Sarkeesian. I like Steve Sarkeesian. I think that this definitely was a good hire, and I think that this offense is going to be really good this year. You return six starters on the offensive side of the football. You also return six starters on the defensive side of the football. And offensively, we got to talk about the quarterback position. So Quentin Ewers looked pretty good in the spring game. He had a couple of missed throws, but he also had a couple of really good throws as well. He had a long touchdown throw to Isaiah Nayer, the Wyoming transfer. Then you have Hudson Card, who many people are kind of forgetting about. He started a couple of games for the Longhorns last season, and the quarterback battle isn't decided yet. I think too many people are quick to pencil in Quinn Ewers, even though we're all hoping that he ends up getting the starting nod. But if you go back and you watch the Longhorn Spring game, 
I think it's fair to say that Hudson Card was the best quarterback from the spring game. And I know people are probably going to disagree with that. But Hudson Card just looked a little bit more poised. He also has a little bit more experience. You got to remember that Quinn Ewers has yet to really start a single game of college football. So for Texas, I definitely feel like Hudson Card is still in play to be in the conversation for the starting quarterback job. Although we do pretty much expect, or most of us expect Quinn Ewers to win the starting job. I'm not cutting, I'm not counting out Hudson Card. You look at running back, we already know what B. John Robinson does. He's the best running back in college football. Had 195 carries last season for 1,127 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns, and averaged 5.8 yards per attempt. You also have Another running back who was also really productive in the spring game. Running back also behind B. John Robinson. Roshan Johnson is also there. Texas has a lot of depth. And last season, that's something that I feel Texas didn't really have a lot of. They had a lot of talented players, but they didn't have a lot of talented depth behind them. Well, Running back, there's a lot of talent. B. John Robinson didn't even play in the spring game. And they have running backs who are just going off. I didn't write down all of the names of all of the running backs that they had because I'm pretty sure not all of them are going to be getting significant playing time this year. But they have a lot of talent in that backfield. Not only do they have a lot of talent in the backfield, but they also have a lot of talent at wide receiver. Okay, we already know about the transfer of wide receiver Isaiah Nayer from Wyoming. He was one of the best wide receivers in the G5. Last season for Wyoming, he caught 44 receptions for 878 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. He also caught a 62-yard touchdown in the spring game from Quinn Ewers. On top of that, you have Xavier Worthy, who was one of the best, if not the best, freshman wide receiver in all of college football last season. He caught 62 passes for 981 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. He was first team all Big 12. The guy's a monster. On top of that, you have wide receiver Jordan Whittingham. Then you're going to be having former Alabama transfer well now you have Alabama transfer wide receiver Ajay Hall who should be joining the program within the next couple of weeks so there's a lot of depth at every skill position for Texas and that's something that's going to be really big for Texas this season I'm really excited to see how they're going to try to get everybody involved because there are going to be a lot of mouths to feed and I don't think that Texas is just going to roll with only a couple of wide receivers I expect everybody to have a pretty significant role in the offense I think that Steve Sarkeesian is going to be doing a really good job this year of trying to spread the ball out we potentially could see Three to four wide receivers probably have 400 or more receiving yards, which is really good because if you can have at least four or five receivers over 400 yards receiving, that shows that you have a lot of depth and you're really good at rotating in guys. Now, obviously, you're going to have wide receivers such as Isaiah Nayer and Xavier Worthy and potentially Ajay Hall, who probably will have more than 400. But you guys get what I'm trying to say. I think Texas is going to do a really good job of spreading the wealth. We also can't forget about the tight end position. You have Jatavion Sanders and Jaleel Billingsley, who also transferred in from Alabama as well. 
And I like Jaleel Billingsley a lot. I think he has a lot of potential. I think that when you look at Steve Sharkeesian, we potentially could see a couple of more of two tight end sets this year. And I think that's kind of being a little bit overlooked because in this day and age of college football, how many teams do you really see utilize the tight end position? When you have two good tight ends, that's a big mismatch on the defense side of football because with two good tight ends on the field at the same time, it makes it difficult for the defense to really key in on anybody specifically because when you have great tight end play, it's kind of hard to stop. Because most linebackers aren't that great in coverage to keep up with them. And then on top of that, defensive backs mostly are too small to cover tight ends. So for Steve Sharkeesian, how is he going to incorporate these two talented tight ends into the offense is going to be intriguing to see. Now, the offensive line is probably the biggest concern that many Longhorns fans have going into this season. And the offensive line is still a huge work in progress. However... Hayden Connor and Cole Hudson had really good springs. They had a lot of praise from head coach Sarkeesian. He raved about them. They were pretty poor. They were pretty good. Then you have Texas, who is still awaiting six offensive linemen to hit campus. Remember that Texas had probably the best offensive line class out of any other university in America. You have five-star offensive lineman Devin Campbell, who was the number one interior offensive lineman out of the 2022 class. You got five-star offensive tackle Kevin Banks, the third best offensive tackle from that recruiting cycle also. Then you have, I'm going to try to pronounce his name to the best of my ability, Neto Umiozulu. You also have Malik Ogbo, Cameron Williams, Connor Robertson, and all of these offensive linemen were rated five, four stars or higher. And I expect a couple of these guys to end up being inserted into the starting lineup because all of them are really good. They are highly ranked. And we're already pretty much expecting for Campbell and Banks to maybe find a way to get into the starting lineup. So the offensive line is going to be really young. There's also a couple of veterans who potentially could end up cracking the starting lineup as well. But I think it's fair to say that this offensive line is going to have a blend of youth and also a blend of experience as well. Now, how is that going to translate into how this offensive line is going to perform as a whole? I don't really know. Because it's kind of a mixed bag. Normally, the best offensive lines in college football are the ones that have multiple upperclassmen, either juniors or seniors who have started in multiple games. For Texas, you're going to have a blend of experience, but you're also going to have a blend of inexperience, but also talent and potential there. And with offensive line coach Kyle Flood there, who is mainly responsible for assembling this offensive line recruiting class, he also was the winner of Big 12 Recruiter of the Year year I think this off the line definitely although it's going to have some youth there and a couple of question marks I think it's going to be improved compared to what it was last season and not only last season but the offensive line play for Texas hasn't really been the best over the last couple of seasons so if they can get this offensive line situated and it can at least be average this offense could absolutely go off and the offense was already good last year they were really explosive you remember they had Casey Thompson at quarterback well he transfers to Nebraska you got Quinn Ewers who is 
a way better throw of the football, at least when you're looking at it from a talent standpoint. We still haven't seen him in a real game yet when it matters. But for Quinn Ewers, the potential is there. And I think if you start him, this offense is going to pop. Meanwhile, if you start Hudson Card, the offense is still going to be good. However, I think that you get more big playability with Quinn Ewers there at quarterback just because he has a stronger arm. And while watching him in the spring game, with his ability to throw the ball from any platform, anywhere on the field, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Zach Wilson. When Zach Wilson was coming out of BYU, you just see somebody who has a lot of arm talent. And when I say arm talent, I don't just mean arm strength. A lot of people confuse arm talent and arm strength. They're two different things. Arm strength is just how much velocity and how much torque you can put on the football. How far can you throw it? Arm talent is how can how many throws can you make from different arm angles? Can you switch your arm angle? Can you roll out while falling backwards and or falling to the sideline and throw the ball 60 yards downfield? You look at Quinn Nearest, the arm strength is definitely on display. So this offense has way more big playability with him in at quarterback. However, with Hudson Card, you have the experience factor there. But overall, this offense is still going to be good. The offense is not going to be an issue. Trust me, the offense is not going to drop in production, especially if a giant hall ends up finding a way to get inserted into the starting lineup. Oh my goodness, because a giant hall, he's a beast. He is a beast. Now on the defensive side of the football, I have a lot of questions. I'm pretty sure a lot of Texas fans have questions also because this defense was not good. And if you want to look at the epitome of the downfall of the Texas defense last year, just go back and watch the Oklahoma game, man. So I I remember watching the game, and Texas just came out of nowhere, just got on Oklahoma early. So I go back, and I change the channel. I'm like, okay, Texas should have this in the bag, right? Well, I look at the bottom line. I forgot what game I'm watching, and Oklahoma scores a couple of points. I'm like, okay, I got to go back and re-watch the game because maybe when I watch the game (laughs) – Maybe it's good luck. At least that's what I was thinking. Then the second half happened. Oh, my goodness. You talk about Lincoln Riley ripping the soul and the hearts out of long coronation. Man, it, it was just really demoralizing to watch. And I'm not even a Texas Longhorns fan, by the way. So I can only imagine how long coronation felt when he just when you just witnessed Oklahoma who was down early to Texas by the way just come out of nowhere and just take control of that game not only did Lincoln Riley rip the soul out of the Texas fan base but he would eventually rip the soul and the hearts out of OU when he would depart for USC later but that's not the topic however on defense I think the main problem was their inability to stop the run because they were 111th in rushing yards per game allowed, and they also weren't really that great when it came to getting off the field on third down. They weren't good in the red zone, and they didn't have a lot of production when it came to getting sacks on the opposing team's quarterback. So this year, you look at who they bring in from the transfer portal on the defense side of the football. Only impact transfer they brought in was former Ohio State cornerback 
Ryan Watts, who should end up being a starter. The defensive line should be pretty solid, okay? You have Corbin, Morrow, Tavondre Sweat. They all return. Now, we don't know if all of these guys are going to end up starting. Of course, we already know that there's going to be new pieces coming in. So there's probably going to be a couple of more guys who I didn't mention who may have a pretty big impact on the defensive line, who they may rotate in, in and out. But the defensive line should improve. It should be pretty solid you do have a good amount of experience there at that position and the defense does have a good amount of experience pretty much at every position it's just that even though you have experience the talent just might not be there you look at their jack their jack and their buck positions you have alfred collins you also have ovi agofu they only combined for four sacks last season and for the Longhorns defense, they're going to need them to step up their play in 2022. I'm expecting big years out of both of these guys. I think that Alfred Collins and Ogofu could be two potential players who end up breaking out. And I'm expecting at least five or six sacks from both of them. And if you can get six sacks out of each of them, I think that's a significant improvement compared to the two sacks that they only had last season. On top of that, you look at linebacker. The Marvion Overshaw was the best player on the Longhorns defense, in my opinion. Every time I turned on the Texas game, Overshaw was making plays. He was flying around the field. He led the team in tackles with 74. He had two fumble recoveries, two sacks. The guy is really good. And you look at how everybody was clowning Texas on social media for not having a single player drafted in this past year's NFL draft. I think that the Marvion Overshawn could potentially end up being one of the better linebackers in college football. And I think that he could end up being drafted pretty high in the 2023 NFL draft. I'm really high on him. You also have Luke Brockmeyer, who has 72 total tackles, five TFLs, and two sacks. Linebacker Jalen Ford is a player that many people inside of Longhorn Nation think could be in for a breakout season. He had 53 tackles, six tackles for loss, which also led the team as well. You're also going to have a couple of other pieces there at the linebacker position. Then at cornerback, you have Deshaun Jamison, who is one of your more experienced defensive backs that you have on the roster. He's a fifth-year senior. He returns. You're going to have Ryan Watts, the Ohio State transfer. He was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. He has a lot of potential. He has really good size, really good length. He's a pretty physical corner as well. And on top of that, despite only playing in, what, three games for the Buckeyes last season— he had two interceptions. So imagine what he's going to do with a full season. He potentially could end up being one of the better cornerbacks in the Big 12 this college football season. You also have freshman cornerbacks, Terrence Brooks, who was the 83rd ranked player nationally for his recruiting class. And you also had Jalen Gillibrew, who both of these both of these players are early enrollees. I think Gillibrew right now, hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right. I'm sorry. I think that he currently is facing some disciplinary action, but he should 
nothing should really jeopardize his role with the team or whatnot. He still should have some pretty significant playing time. But you're definitely expecting freshman cornerback Terrence Brooks to come in and step in and have some production right away for you. At the safety position, you have Anthony Cook, who is one of the team's all, most experienced safeties that they currently have. He was all Big 12 honorable mention last season, 47 tackles, three tackles for loss. He had a sack and three pass deflections. Also had a fumble recovery and a forced fumble. So you look at this defense. This defense should improve, but I'm not expecting drastic improvement because you look at how many people they have returning and you look at the experience and you would say, okay, JT, there's a lot of experience on every position on this defense. However, even though you may have the experience, the talent may not be there. So there's going to be a mixture like what we talked about when it comes to the off the line with the offensive line having youth and a little bit of experience. We're probably going to see a blend of that also on the defense. You're going to have your experienced guys like Overshaw who's going to be there, but you're also going to have some young players like Terrence Brooks who are also going to be asked to step up. So on the defense side of the football, man, it's going to be a really tough task for this defense because you play Alabama really early in the season. Alabama is an absolute juggernaut. And I'm not expecting this defense to have a night and day turnaround. And I think that this offense pretty much is still going to be what carries this football program. Now, when you look at my record prediction for this team, I have them at 9-3. And the reason why I have them at 9-3 is because I think that this offense is going to be good enough that if they get in the shootouts, they're going to be able to outscore the majority of opponents that they face. Now, I don't know what's going to happen when they end up being matched up against Oklahoma and Britt Venables because we know how good he is on the defense side of the football. So when their defense ends up having to be put in situations where they have to get stops, that's really where I'm going to be looking at. I want to see, I don't really care about the stats per se when it comes to the Texas defense. I just want to see how good are they going to be situationally? Are they going to be able to get off the field on third down? Are they going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback in third down situations? How good are they going to be in the red zone? Are they going to be able to keep teams from scoring touchdowns inside the 20 versus allowing them to only walk away with field goals? I just really want to see how good this defense is situationally. And you don't really need to have a outstanding defense to win in this day and age of college football because it's mainly about offense. If you cannot score everybody, you have a shot in almost every single game you play. Then on top of that, can you create turnovers? So for Texas, with how young the defense is, I think that's kind of why I don't think they could end up winning the Big 12. And some people feel like Texas is in the front running to win the Big 12 championship this year. I understand why, because there's been a lot of turnover. You have Lincoln Riley, who pretty much has had a tight grasp on the Big 12. He left for USC, so it's pretty much wide open. But you still have Dave Aranda there at Baylor. You're going to have Britt Venables there at OU. The offense shouldn't drop off for Oklahoma. However, the defense definitely should improve under Britt Venables. So I definitely feel like for Texas... Even though they have a very good offense, I feel as if their defense is going to hold them back in a couple of games.
And if their defense ends up proving me wrong, which it most definitely could, and their defense ends up being top 50 in America, even top 60, because improvement is improvement no matter what. When you were as bad as what Texas was on the defense side of the football, you're going to take any kind of slot improvement that you can get. So for Texas... If this defense ends up popping off and being at least a top 50 unit, I think that Texas probably could be a 10-win program, and we could potentially see them in a New Year's Six Bowl game. But my prediction at the moment is 9-3. And 9-3, I think, is a pretty good record when you consider how last season went for this program. On top of that, 9-3 may be able to get you into a New Year's Six Bowl game, depending on the strength of your wins and how the schedule lines up. So... 9-3 is my overall record prediction for the Texas Longhorns. You guys let me know what you guys think about the Texas football program down in the comment section down below. What are your thoughts about this team heading in? Do you think that the Longhorns are overrated, underrated? Let me know. Make sure that you guys like the video, subscribe to the channel for more NFL videos and content. Also, if you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every video that's uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on every single podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, the JT Sports Podcast is available. And if you're listening to this on those audio platforms, make sure that you go ahead and leave a five-star review and also make sure that you check out the YouTube channel if you haven't already. It's JT Sports signing off, and I'll see you guys shortly with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast.